Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to episode 30 of the AI Comic Pod. We are a year old. Um, we, yeah, party time. We have made it. Uh, I don't know how we've made it, but we have made it through all the trials and tribulations to our 30th pod. Um, and we've come back really where we started. So if anyone was listening a year ago, we did a two kind of headed pod on, uh, on Avengers. Uh, Avengers 1, Avengers 2. Uh, it was a huge part. We talked and talked and talked and had loads of fun and a really good laugh. Um, and we've kind of come back to where we started. So this part, we're discussing Marvel and we're discussing all 14 films, uh, from 2008 all the way to 2016. Yeah, you might be here a while, but you know, bear with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, to join us, to join me and Stu on this part, it's, it's the podfather himself, the man that joined us originally. It's Gag Standen. How are you doing, mate? Congratulations, boys. Fantastic. Your baby's won. Oh, I thank you very much. We're so proud. He's like bumbling around and bouncing off door frames now. <laughs> I think that's what one-year-olds do. <laughs> yeah, just about. It's nearly just walking. It's, walk- it's running. It's running now. Yeah, it's skipped the walking phase. You know, not much crawling. It's just gone straight to running around like a headless chicken. I actually did that, you know. I seriously didn't walk when I was a baby. My mum and dad told me that as soon as I could stand on my two feet, I was running around. And hitting your head often, perhaps? Well, obviously, that's why I am the way I am. (laughs) (laughs) He banged banged his head once too many times. Oh, God, yeah. Decades of head trauma. (laughs) Jesus. To fill everyone in, if they don't know our kind of origins and, and, and how this kind of came to pass. So, we... I'd done a few movie night podcast the wonderful AI movie night with joe simpson um my first ever pod was was doing shawshank which was probably i don't know 16 months ago or something like that and then nina asked me to come on her show and then i did a various various other means but after doing um a few of those i got asked well joe asked me which pod i wanted to do i asked to do the dark knight 
and he said, have you got anyone you think would be great to come on? And I said, Stuart Bridson. Um, How did you meet Stu? How did you meet Stu? Twitter. Solely, oh, we, yeah. we, we've only met in person once, I believe. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so we know each other. Obviously, we speak really regularly. We're really good mates. And I think that's what an advocate for what Twitter can do because, you know, AI is huge for, you know, people knowing each other from all over the world and speaking to other people. And we've built this kind of little comic global community for for ourselves which we're really proud of and um south africans americans you know uh wolverhamptons <laughs> manchesterites and all the rest of it so it's the good kind of right oh whatever you're from salford liverpool god knows where you're from your accent we can't even tell these days i'm it's from just... scam i'm a proud wolf <laughs> um and yeah, we built this kind of community and, and the reason it came to pass is we did the Dark Knight pod. We absolutely loved it. And I kind of messaged Stu saying, do you fancy doing that again? And then we approached Gags and said, I think this will be a good idea. Um, and we we got it all kind of going pretty quickly, really. Um, this, was, this was all in the space of 24 hours. It was literally yeah. the morning after the pod. That was really good fun. What do you reckon about making this a permanent thing? Yeah, go ahead. That sounds good couple of hours later, well, I spoke to Gags and he said it's fine. <laughs> and then the day after that, we had a name and a logo. Oh, God, so logo. It, How it, was the logo? It snowballed. The, wasn't there a story about the logo as well? The logo, the logo relates to uh, my little boy's bedroom. He's got his name on, like, different characters' letters. So I think the O is, a, you know, it's Jacob. So the J is, like, Spider-Man's face and the O is, like, Iron Man's mask and stuff like that. And, and so we, we kind of you know, pitched that, took a photo of that, and you sent it across to your wonderful graphic designer, Mr. and he DM. came back. Yeah, the art, came back the art department. Yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah, that that came that way. We had one slight hiccup Uh-oh. early doors, um, <laughs> which is it's quite humorous because you sent us a, a message one morning, Gags, and and it said. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to be able to call it the, the comic pod because we didn't have the AI at the beginning because there already is a comic pod um, in Brazil, is it? Or Argentina Portugal. or Mexico? It was Brazil. It Port- no, it was Brazil. Uh, yeah, so they speak Portuguese. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's in Brazil, um, which they claim being hugely popular. Um, it might be in Brazil. I don't know. Um, but they basically said you can't call it this. And, and threatened legal com- action. Yeah. <laughs> Comics pod? Comics Hyphen pod. Is that what they pro- comment oh, cast? They said do these. And I was like, no. Yeah, they suggested really shit names because they were scared of a, a bit of healthy rivalry. It would seem, but um, they ultimately, after a bit of gags persuasion, settled for us to do the AI comic pod. And you know, in truth, we've never really looked back. I mean, we've covered covered a lot of subjects in you know in a year. 30, 30 pods. This will be strong. Um, DC, Marvel, we're going to do individual comic reviews. We've done some slightly... It will never end. No, it's some slightly deeper topics, you know, and we do really appreciate it. I mean, me and Stu say it all the time, and we are extremely grateful for anyone that chooses to listen, and we know we've got some really good, strong listeners who listen every week and tweet us all the time, and, um, you know, I I think our listener base is is just... The constant on the channel this is the constant pod this is the pod that will always be there every month you'll get two or three of them maybe four sometimes and yeah. basically it's always going to do solid numbers it's the constant the the one that always delivers you know 
this is that's what the AI comic pod is for AI. So it's the staple on the channel now. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, and who would have thought me and Stu be staples of anything, eh, Stu? That's mm. quite a rare. I, I'm still not convinced by it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get bogged down with expectation, because if we do, it'll just go to our heads and we'll just do something stupid like declare ourselves to be bigger than Jesus. You already do that anyway. <laughs> I have never once claimed to be bigger than Jesus. <laughs> bigger in what way? <laughs> well, well. Uh, that's not really for me to say. Small or hands, you actually small, you dick, small, hand, small hands, Stu, it's fine. It's fine. Small hands, Stu, you know. Oh, with this hand, the bet it's going to feel huge. <laughs> Somehow everything comes back to Deadpool and wanking. <laughs> That's essentially our pod in, in a short summary. If you've not listened before, it's essentially Stu making masturbation jokes, you know, in the guise of Deadpool. So that's, ooh, that's, ooh. And that's swearing. I like swearing. Yeah, we like swearing. We like having a good laugh, you know. I think that's, you know, you've got to take some face value. We occasionally go slightly deeper. I think if you listen to our pod on Luke, Luke Cage... Cage. There's some racial debate in there, which is quite highbrow for us. Uh, we've talked, you know, women in comics and, and, you know, if you, you list, you know, read any of the excellent articles that, that Joseph Connors produces for, for the kind of geek section on, on the AI site, he, he touches on some really kind of heavy subjects in relation to kind of the comic genre. So yeah, it's there's some serious stuff in and amongst us generally having a laugh and having a good time. So, so why we're here tonight, um, Marvel's huge for for all three of us. Uh, we're all very self-proclaimed Marvel fanboys. So we thought we'd discuss them at length and then produce an article kind of to go with it. And we've all ranked our favourite Marvel films from 1 down to 14. And we're kind of just going to give a little bit of time to the ones we really love and maybe gloss over the ones that we don't love so much. The Incredible Hulk must be the one said, to be fair, but there's some others in there as well. Um, so, 2008, Iron Man was released. It's the first of Phase 1. It's the beginning of everything that's come since. And it's it's a huge film, and it's one that we all kind of hold quite dearly. I ranked it out of my 14 in sixth place, um, to just, just outside the top five, but... It's so difficult with these films because I, I love it. And for a period of time, it was in my top three, it was in my top five, and then another film comes along and it kind of slowly works its way down the list. For me, it still has barely aged. It stands alone in terms of the, the action and the um, CGI is excellent and, and obviously the casting of Downey Jr. is just, just genius in cinema. Um, Stu, where does it rank for you, mate? Uh, for me, I had it a little bit lower than you. I had it in eight, but exactly the same sort of rationale as you. It, it, it starts off in one position and then it just goes down one by one. But I think that's a testament to the MCU as a whole, that every time a new film comes out, they are consistently getting better. You, you could say out of the 14, there's generally been an upwards trend. And it, it, it's not a case of, you know, out of a list of 14, the film that's in eighth and ninth, they're not bad films. There's just the ones that have come after them have just been a little bit better or a little bit more to our tastes. But as you say, almost faultless film. I can't really think of anything that's wrong with it. It looks great. It watches great. It, it hasn't aged. 
And it doesn't feel like it was out that long ago. It really doesn't feel like it was 2008. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I think yeah. you're pushing a decade. Point. You're pushing a decade old, and it doesn't feel. And that's the thing about John Favreau. I think his his reason for his inclusion, other one, other than him, you know, being a good actor and director, is his use for CGI because he's known for it. And I think if you've seen Jungle Book this year, um, which is all CGI, he produced that. And just, he's, his work he's with it back. is just amazing. He he's he's coming back in apparently Spider-Man: Homecoming. Happy is back. Nice, but, but John Favreau is loosely attached to Iron Man Four. If Marvel decide that there's enough money to be made from a fourth solo Iron Man film, but I think the, anyone that's listened to, to to pods with gags before will know how big an Iron Man fan he is. I mean, we've had full blown arguments almost on the. Iron he's Man got a suit. He told me once Captain he's made America. an Iron Man suit, but he's made it out of tin foil, so it's more like Tin Man. He's coloured it in with sharpies and everything. That's true. Do you want me to, AI do, you want me to, do you want me to tell you where this fits? Go on. Go on. Okay, so basically the Iron Man suit nearly has around 450 pieces to it, by the way. Just a little fun fact for you. But anyway, <laughs> nice, so nice. Uh, um, it's third for me. And you know what? A lot of you are probably going to be really, really shocked. Like, what the fuck, gags? But I, I have it at three, probably because of emotional reasons as well, like, I'm a cinematic fan from the start. I've never been in the comics. Nothing. I'm sorry, maybe. I've got a load of comics now for the girls, but I was never... I never knew who Iron Man was. Like, before the adverts came on TV and stuff, I was like, what the hell is this? And it actually didn't even look that good to me when I was watching the adverts. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to watch this. Dad was like, come on, let's do Little one was like, Dad, I, I don't mind watching this. Let's go. So first time ever, the three of us went to watch a movie together. Because normally she was little then, so she would only watch like, you know, she would only <laughs> she would only kid watch shit. yeah kid stuff. So, but I won't lie, this one blew me away. I thought Robert Downey Jr. played the cocky, witty, annoying, rich bloke. Like, I mean, you just fell in love with it, and I never, like I said, I never knew who Iron Man was, and I was just blown away by the the story of it. The start was great. Like how he was kidnapped and everything, and I, I, I just think that if this film had flopped, none of it would have happened. None of it. If he wasn't casted, I don't think it would have been as good as it got to. I'm not saying that's because the rest is better than anyone. I'm just saying he was the first one casted, so it became like an attraction for everyone. Like he's in this and he's nailed it, and look at the money it's made. Yeah, let's get involved. And I just think. But- he was he was the Rolling Stone, wasn't he? Like you say, he was he yeah. sort of got it going. I, I think I actually think you're right. I think it, the MCU to date would look a little bit different if this had come out and bombed because people just weren't in the comic frame of mind. Mm. It would have been very difficult because then you'd be looking at the next film would have to be the one to kickstart it. But then the expectations even greater. Look at DC. Every time you have a film that bombs, the expectation on the next film is ten times greater. And then it's got to be an even bigger success. And the scrutiny is ten times worse as well. Absolutely. I, I mean, we haven't really talked all the films of DC this year, but um, you can feel the pressure on them. And and I think Marvel, Marvel will always put pressure on their directors, on their producers to to absolutely nail it and get it right. But they're more relaxed, you know. They're they're more comfortable in their skin, and and it's the same with the you know the actors they've got on board, and they've taken risks with directors as well. Do you know what I mean? That some of the directors they've got involved, um, and John Favreau wasn't wasn't a guy who'd done big action films before. Do you know what I mean? It's it's 
it's quite bold to bring in, in these kind of actors. And I think people forget where Downey Jr. was at that stage in his career. He was, he was kind of... But he was dead and buried, wasn't he? He was on the scratch. Kind of. Yeah, because of all his drug abuse and, and all his problems and alcoholism and everything else. Um, and he, he was out of it for a long time. He yeah, had yeah, a yeah. spell where the only thing, only time you ever saw him was was in the gossip columns and in those trashy rag magazines that you get in in America, like the National Enquirer. When he's been caught and he's been arrested, and he's you know he's got his orange jumpsuit on because he's he's been arrested, and you know he, he imagine them doing that. I can't even liken it to someone, but imagine the same thing happening now. It just doesn't seem like a logical thing. You can imagine. That when they got round the table and they talked about this, they went, "What, Robert Robert Downey Jr.? You, you want to put him as the face of a brand new chapter in cinema, right? Uh, okay." And there must have been a few sort of head scratches going, "The fuck have they been drinking?" And it's, but, it's strange to say it, and, and we'll come to it later with a couple of the other films, but but the leads in Ant Man and Guardians are very much the same. It's very much a director pushing what he feels will work and, and then taking a bit of a risk and, and actually look for Marvel. It's always paid off, you know, because they've made the calculated risks work. And, and if it was a gamble, it was a, it was a smart one anyway. Um, I think there's more Iron Man to come. Obviously yeah, there's the yeah. sequels. So fun we'll fact push for you, on. fun fact for you before you go to Hulk, go, we, go. Um, Hugh Jackman was offered Iron Man and Hugh Jackman was oh, also nice. offered Hulk. What the fuck? Yeah, really? well, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. So, um, madness. Hulk. Hey. I, I, I mm. called it the black sheep of the family. I can't um, believe this was after it. I thought it was before I, I know. That's Everyone what surprises does. me. Everyone thinks you know, that Hulk was first. Yeah, because it, it, you would have thought, given it was the same year, released in 2008, but it was it was the second film of the year. Um uh, and a lot on of people paper. get confused with the other one, don't we? The awful, awful <laughs> one that starred Eric Banner. That's the, yeah. that's the real... I mean, that wasn't even the black sheep. That was like a big steaming sheep shit. <laughs> Just wasn't even worth the, the no. real that it was printed on. I, I think for me with this film, it, it was never really going to... It didn't really fit in the MCU and... I don't think Edward Norton's as good an actor as he is on the kind of really dark, edgy roles. I don't think he's he was really right for the role. You've seen it with with Ruffalo's portrayal, who's who's just much more comfortable in that that part. I think, um, and it's just it, yeah, it's always been confusing over Hulk and why they've not made a solo film. But a lot of it's licensing issues with Universal, um, and it still kind of keeps rearing its head a little bit. But I think his role is going to be quite big in Ragnarok and maybe they'll they'll go on from there or not you know maybe well, they don't well, need that's to do why they're actually doing story. it yeah that's why they're doing it in, with Ragnarok Kevin Feige has said they wanted to give Mark Ruffalo an origin story or a, a solo film probably not because yeah. that would not be origins. origins you can't retell that again yeah no because it's it's everyone knows that everyone it's like knows Superman, that story it? we told that yeah. it's like Superman Batman Spider-Man everyone knows what happened to to create the Hulk but they've said because of the licensing it's just really, really difficult because imagine the the negotiations it took for them to do Spider-Man. That would probably be even more complicated for Hulk because it would be the third go at getting it right. So I don't think people are interested. What, what Sue. I don't think they're interested. I, no. think they, I think they want to see something new. Why? Yeah, why is Hulk what? so so popular from the Avengers? Because you've never seen him with other 
superheroes like this, you know, and, and yeah. the interaction and how amazing it is when he fights Thor or Iron Man, you know, or the Hulk, Hulkbuster. They're just iconic scenes from the Marvel Universe, you know, the MCU. Those, those are the ones that, I, that stick with me because they made me laugh. <laughs> so what yeah, 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 they're exactly. doing is yeah. they've said uh, they're, they're basically giving him his new solo film broken up over a period of, uh, of other films and he, he's going to be one of the major players in as you've said in Ragnarok and that's essentially going to be like his his time in the spotlight it, it's that's smart in a lot of ways because uh, you know we will talk about the Thor films but they've not been particularly popular not that they haven't done well at the box office but they're not the you know, if you look at the Captain America, Iron Man and, and Thor trilogies, that one is, is very much in last. So if you're bringing in a big character like Hulk and give him Ruffalo some more screen time, then I think it can only be a good thing, personally. But and it's if you too can't late tell, in the day. When we're in yeah. phase four, oh God, it's, it's, too, too late. it's too late in the day to be given Hulk, who by this point has been in half a dozen things. You can't just go back and, and wreck on all of that. It's stupid. It's... They've it's got to be something Yeah, exactly. And it would be a waste of time and effort when they've got new characters and new IPs coming in. They need to put their emphasis on making sure that Black Panther, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel are all properly introduced and integrated into the MCU. And the Hulk will just be there for as long as it takes. Give Winter Soldier yeah. one. Give Black, you know, give Black Widow one. That, those those yeah. would be interesting. They're, they're yeah. far worth the time. Yeah, yeah, I think are. so. Well, and they're going to be built up more. You know, you know, you guys have always said Winter Soldier is going to become huge later on. So, well, maybe he takes over. Well, the we hope. We well, hope. maybe he takes on the Captain America movies. You know, that, that's what happens. We so, will yeah. see. We'll yeah, see. we will see. So we we all scored it last. <laughs> it's last. I think it's everyone lost was by country mile. We don't yeah, need to say any more about doesn't it. Doesn't count. Doesn't count exactly. Um, 2010, so a couple of year hiatus, which you do not get with Marvel films these days. Not anymore. Um, not anymore. So we had Iron Man 2. Um, I I put it as 12. Um, I said it was a, a slightly disappointing sequel. Villain was off for me. I, I wasn't feeling the villain. Um, but, you know, Romanov was a slightly softened the blow in the film because her introduction is obviously... Scarlett Johansson, and there's not much more to say than that for me. Um, Kags, I, I, had it at tenth. I had it at 10th. So I had it above the Quite Thor. solid. Yeah, yeah. The, the Thor movies, and uh, above three. You guys liked Iron Man 3. I, I, I thought it was better than that just because I actually liked the, the villain. I thought he was good. I like him as an actor, to be honest. And, oh, but, he's a great actor. Yeah, I just, and, um, just didn't quite get it. Yeah, yeah and I, Well, he, he's another one who was on the scrap heat, wasn't he? Oh, Mickey God. Rock, Mickey Rourke's been fucking yeah. dead and buried. Exactly. I just thought I liked it. I liked the other villain in it as well. You know, what was his name? The the rich guy that was always trying to outdo. Oh, Justin Hammer. Yeah, I thought he was so funny. I just thought he was a really good character. Like, someone he was you want, good. You wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> Remind me of his name, Rory. It's not. Is that Guy Pearce or Sky Pearce in the third? No, no, no. That's so Guy the third. Is, the third. It's is Sam, it Sam Rockwell? Yeah, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, Rockwell. Yeah, I love Sam Rockwell as an actor. So yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, he was really good. So I enjoyed him. And then, like you said, um, this was the movie where um, 
Black Widow or N- Natasha Romanov, you get that scene at the end when she's kicking everyone's ass. And somebody, it was so, it looked so much like the Liverpool kit at the time that someone put Standard Chartered across the front <laughs> of it. And can you remember it? Because it was the black, the pinstripe one. Yeah, I remember. And it, and it looked yeah. like, you know, and it always has that reminder for me as well. But she was fucking hot. I, I, I have to just rate it a little bit higher because of her. She, you know, an introduction. And obviously she's become one of my faves going on. Like, look at her now, like in Civil War. Wow. She, yeah. her action scenes were phenomenal at the start of that movie. So uh, I just thought from where it, 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 it gave birth to something as well for me, that movie. So yeah, a little bit higher, still 10th, not that high, but still no, no, no. higher than the, uh, the Thors. Yeah, I've, I've actually got Iron Man 2 in 12th. We're quite um, similar on a lot of this, actually. Your a, fans, lot, yeah. a lot of these we were, and my major flaw was, and I did say this in the article, my major problem with it was the villain. It wasn't a real villain. It was an amalgamation of two. They put Crimson Dynamo and Whiplash together and came out with a really half-arsed villain, and I would rather they just did Whiplash or Crimson Dynamo. It was good that they introduced... Uh, Black Widow, that was great. As Gag said, she's become one of the major players now, you know, despite the fact that she is arguably joint weakest on the team with Hawkeye because they've got no real discernible powers. They are, you know, she she's no less, you know, important than any other member of the team. And not even having the War Machine armor could salvage that film. And the War Machine armor was genuine, full-on erection territory. And even, <laughs> even that could be... Don't pretend that when you first saw the War Machine armor, you weren't pitching a trouser tent. You know you were, <laughs> mate. That scene was fantastic. The bit within the, they're having a fight with the it's it, yeah, it, I it, love that scene. It's a brilliant scene. Like he's having a party, he's losing his mind. You know, it was just class. It was just and yet still twelve. Yes, I know. But there's a lot of good to choose. You know? There is, there, there is so much coming up, choose, and that's the so point. Much you know. Uh, so moving on, uh, skipping on to just a year later, we have the first Thor movie. Um, interestingly, we're we're quite even on this again, to be honest. So I ranked it at eleventh. Um, I think I think we we'll all agree that Chris Hemsworth again is just incredible casting as the lead. Um, I think even though he... his eyebrows were a bit weird in this one, <laughs> it, it looked like he dyed his beard and his eyebrows, and he looked really yeah. Stupid. It did look a bit weird, but I mean, the guy's in obviously incredible shape for the film and he really does look the part and he, he does deliver a really good kind of dry line in the film, you know, good sense of humour. I think his connection with Natalie Portman, who you guys seemingly hate, um, yeah, she, the, she's it's on the, the major problem. It's, it's the major problem in the film. I think they just don't have a connection at all. And she just seems out of place in this film and she's never really seemed connected in the in the Thor kind of, it doesn't work. It, that's the major issue with the film for me. It just, it, and, and that's the problem. You need, you need to like your lead characters and she was one of them and nobody liked her, you know? Well, yeah, you, you look at uh, the Spider-Man franchise. One of the major pluses that everyone says is that the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, obviously they were a real life couple, but you put two people together with chemistry and everything around that comes together. Yeah. When, and Emma Stone's when, great as well. When film. you've got, when you've got somebody whose delivery is so wooden and so devoid of emotion, I mean, Chris Hemsworth could have put in, you know, the most Oscar-worthy performance of his career, and the film, relatively speaking, still would have been a bit of a stinker because 
she just saps all of the energy out of almost every scene she's in. You've got um, the oh thingy Skarsgård, the guy that plays Doctor Selvig. Yeah, he's great. Brilliant comedy time, and you've got little bits of Cat Dennings. Absolutely hilarious. I love Cat Again, as well. she's yeah. fucking brilliant. And then you've got Natalie Portman, awful, just bone dry and just terrible. And I I love Thor as a character, and it's such a shame that they weren't able to to sort of imbue the same kind of energy into the, the Thor films as they have with Iron Man and with Captain America. Just think if they'd been able to get Thor one as good as they got Iron Man one and Captain America one, it really, really would have been a whole other level. Yeah, it would have been for me. This film started yep. the, they wanted to start adding big names to it. For example, Natalie yeah. Portman, even though she's, we, we don't rate her, she's a big name, right? She and, is. and then Anthony Hopkins as well, to add a bit of... Oh, God, yeah. You know, like, you're adding a bit of oomph. Like, genuine super, super, super star. But then yeah. introducing, like, Chris Hemsworth, I mean, he had been around, but that makes him... And then Tom Hiddleston. What a fucking find. Oh, what a yeah. find. Hiddleston, and, and we'll obviously talk about Avengers for, for Hiddleston for me, but he... He's just genius casting in, in anything now. I mean, if you watch, he's just golden in absolutely anything he's in. Um, he's not that young an actor. He's just so cool. I mean, the guy just, he's just such an effortlessly cool character. And his delivery, he just steals every scene. I just think he's, he's genius casting in this. Um, and even and, now, five years later, he is still regarded as the best Marvel villain they've done, and right up oh, there, fine, he's man. held up there with like with Darth Vader in terms of genuine legendary film villains. He's sitting right on the top shelf with hmm, you know some yeah. of the names he's that have been around for decades. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but he's not that good. But he's good. He's good. He's pretty close. Yeah, that's that's quite high. Up. Vader, Vader, Vader versus Gags isn't going to come off, dude. No. You're never going to get. <laughs> no. You're never going to get Gags to agree to anyone. You know what, but, but, but he was really good. And you know what, there's more to come. That's the thing, it's not over with him. And I love that, that he, they haven't killed him off or anything yet because he needs to be in, these, uh, in a Thor yeah, film. Yeah, everyone's if always Loki's disappointed in it, when he's not around. Yeah. If, if, he's not in the, if he's not in a Thor film, there's no point going to watch it, really. I, I'm that, that disinterested by that franchise of movies. Like this, like, they're talking about Odin again, aren't they, as well? So that's nice because, it, <laughs> you know, he, he's going to be alive as well. So that's nice to see. But... Like I said, the, these ones, um, I put it in. I put it in at twelfth, but there were yeah. positives out of it. There were starts from it again, and and you will see that going forward, like Michael Douglas and stuff like that coming in. You know, people with real, real legendary status in 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 Hollywood, putting their names I'm, against you know against yeah. Marvel. And Which is just mad. again a superhero film. Do you know what I mean? It's it's crazy in in grand scheme of things. You said that someone. You know, when the early Spider-Mans were around or any of that kind of stuff, no real actors of merit would have touched it unless they were getting a monstrous paycheck. Do you know what I mean? Whereas these films, no no doubt they're getting paid well, but you attract these kind of names that are just, and directors as well, and, and producers and everyone involved of such a high calibre. It's And people are doing it for to, bits, to for bits parts, aren't they? You know, yeah. people, people just want to be in the franchise I, this is a bit of an odd one i don't want to save it until later because it's in my head and i'll forget nathan fillion was actually in guardians of the galaxy nathan nathan fillion is a well-known sci-fi and comic buff he loves this he, shit he, he was in was he angel in, in buffy from years gone by was that that guy 
No, that was David Bananas. David oh, Bonnier. Um, right. He was um, he was the lead from Firefly. Oh, Crisis in Serenity, obviously, which is Firefly yeah. spin-off, which is a great sci-fi film. Well, you've ever Nathan, seen it, Nathan Fillion was one of the aliens, like a giant amorphous blob in Guardians nice. of the Galaxy. So you don't know it's him unless you listen to the voice, but he just wanted to be in it. Like Daniel Craig being in The Force Awakens, never takes off his helmet. He just wants to be in the film. And that, that's the pull that these, that these films have got now. People just want to be associated with them to be part of that family. They're happy to be Easter eggs. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I know, it's mad, isn't it? It's mad. Madness. It's absolutely mad. Um, moving forward, uh, another film in 2011, so there's two that year, um, Captain America, First Avenger. I I scored it a nine. We all did. We all did. I I wanted to score it higher. I was so desperate to score this film higher, but I can't because the sequels are better. But yeah. the big thing for me is if the first one is so good, it sets up those to come. Do you know what I mean? I think the first one is the perfect kind of origin story. And again, we've got another character who is perfectly portrayed as, as the lead character. Um, and we've got his relationship with Bucky. Um, and the casting is probably on a smaller scale here, you know, and I think it feels a little bit the smaller scale. It's obviously that whole World War II vibe and it doesn't have that big kind of I suppose massive it's, amounts it's, of CGI as much, you know? I suppose so to Nina about different. this. And she, she, yeah. she actually, I spoke to her about this list and she actually said that this would have been close to her top one or two because just because of the World War, you know, like the costume aspect of it all. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and like some people will always look at this and go, it was the first one as well. Like I think that, that kind of started linking things together. Where yeah. Iron Man's, you know, uh, Tony Stark's dad's in it and stuff. And, you know, it, it, you see glimpses of him in Iron Man. That was the first one for me, the movie. So you start getting things of how all of it's going to fit together. And I think this was one of the ones that started doing that more, which was, which was nice because that's where it starts getting interesting, right? When, when everything, you try to piece things together bit by bit, how do they all link up and what's going to happen? So I thought it did quite a lot. It did a very good job of that as well. Yeah, it did. And I think that the big thing with this is it's kind of the start of the kind of camaraderie between the characters because the other films have obviously got key relationships and things that have gone before. But this is the first one to me where you get that real sense of like friendship and, um, and it builds on that obviously with, with Steve and, and Bucky's kind of relationship. And I mean, Stu, that's a big thing for you. I know you always talk about this when we talk about Captain America. Yeah, absolutely. It, it sets up. Like, like Gag said, it sets up a lot of things and it starts pulling things together, obviously with the historical element, because it is set primarily in, what, the 40s, and then it, it skips forward to the future. But it introduces Bucky, who we then don't see for a long time, relatively speaking, and yeah. then he comes back. And it also introduces Peggy. You know, Peggy Carter, who then goes off and gets two series of her own TV show. Nobody saw that coming. It really gave us um, Howard Stark. Again, he was a mainstay in, in Agent Carter. It's it's an underrated film. It is. It, it's a very underrated film. It's a great origin. I love the fact that the New York scenes were filmed in Manchester and Liverpool. The uh, the bit where he chases after the bad guy and he goes into the Hydra sub, that was filmed on the Albert Docks. And all the stuff where he's running around the streets, that was filmed on some of the back streets in Manchester. 
off, yeah, uh, off, off Great Ancoke Street. And at the time, yeah, yeah, I lived yeah. just off Great Ancoke's. And I wanted to go down there on the days they were filming, but I couldn't because I was working nights. And I just love the fact that they got more of a New York vibe from England than they did from, oh, I don't know, Funny New York. Story. My brother-in-law, oh, from, from Manchester, proper man. Yeah. He, I was in Deansgate with him once and he did, looked around and he went to me, Gags, doesn't it remind you of New York? I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and Nina does that as well. It's like New York. Shut the fuck up. You couldn't up. say that to Carlos Tevez. He wouldn't find a great place <laughs> in the whole house. There's even one good but, restaurant, he says. But proofing the pudding, uh, as Stu just gave a wicked fact about it, they actually yeah. shot it to look like New York. So maybe, maybe my brother-in-law and Nina were onto something. But yeah, yeah, in fairness, in fairness they do use a lot of Manchester buildings and, and for a lot of filming. They use a town hall, which is where I got married in Manchester. Um, for I think Sherlock was used in that, which is a, a Downey Junior. And then various other things. They use it like House of Parliament, but then they used other things. You know, Manchester's a cool city. There's a lot of good things going on, um, other than and football. Then, and then we get to the big one, 2012. The huge one, the the yes. game changing film, the 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 game changing film in any Marvel history, in any comic book kind of genre. It's it's the Avengers. And oh man! I'm. Do you know what, Stu? I'm quite annoyed at, at this. <laughs> I I read this. The Let's other kill day him. Let's and, kill him. And I went, "You fucking what?" I almost on the train shouted out loud. Because I was so angry. Seventh, Stu, explain yes. yourself. I I went for seventh. I can happily explain it. As good as it was, I've enjoyed six films that have come after it far, far more. They oh they've God. resonated with me. I actually think, and this is another one that's really unpopular. I think that Age of Ultron has aged oh. better than the Avengers. That was I the other the, reason that made me I, shout at you while in. I, yeah, I, I think the Avengers. Well. Looks a little bit dated with the way it's shot. It's got some fantastic pieces in it. It was a great culmination of four years' work. It pulled together all the characters brilliantly, but I still put it seventh. And it's gradually it slipped down. It used to be second after Winter Soldier, and then it's gradually gone down and down and down. And when I rewatched it again last year, it did feel like it was a slightly older film, and I don't know why. I just, but that's I just not, stick not to, to say I don't enjoy it. I've stuck to second, right? And um, I've stuck to second because, again, what it did at the time to do that, I don't think anyone's ever done what it achieved. It achieved a lot in one movie. Of it did ensemble cast like that that was built over four years. It can bomb. It can really bomb because one person can take over, like Tony Stark, for example. But everybody, everybody came out shining. You know, Hulk, uh, Jeremy Renner even was good in it, you know, like, because he went a bit evil. <laughs> even though Hawkeye's a little bitch. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, all of them had plenty of screen time. You wouldn't actually come out and say, I was disappointed that this guy wasn't in it much. And, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, Coulson was pivotal. There were so many, oh. so many things in there. That, and obviously, that, that, came, that, like you said for, for the um, first Avenger, this also had a spin-off series come because of it, because of Coulson, because he was so popular and people were so pissed off that he died. But it was like the, the fun of it, the fun aspect. They actually it made it fun. a yeah. good laugh as well. 
the the dialogue between the one lines is just it's just the best film for one liners. I I, honestly the way they took the piss out of Captain America in terms of because he was so old and he he got nothing of pop culture like knew knew nothing of what's going on. It was brilliant. It was so perfectly fit in the movie that. I just thought, so well thought out. And not just that, the action was epic as well. Come on. The fights between yeah. them, Thor and Hulk, you know, a god fighting a flipping... <laughs> the, scene, the scene when... In the plane. When, oh, yes. Yeah. And just the scene in the, in the forest when oh, when it's, yes. it's Thor versus Iron Man. Thou, thou doth. What's I, it? Yeah. Do it, Stu. Do it, Stu. <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? Sorry. The drapes. Oh, come on. Thou not... Mother's drapes or something. When he does Shakespeare on him. Do, oh, uh, does mother know thou wearest her drapes? <laughs> Shakespeare in the park. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. It's like, nice I to just... know that all I offer is I'm some kind of fucking performing chimp. <laughs> I didn't want to me... say it, mate, on the pod, but... You know. but you could at least feed me. If you, uh, don't give me bananas, get me a yoghurt or something. But, but Rory, <laughs> yeah, this was Hulk smash as well. We finally got oh. to see where someone said, Hulk... Go and fucking smash, and he went fucking <sighs> ballistic. I am deducting yeah. cool points off this one because of that fucking scene where Hawkeye shoots the arrow that perfectly lands in the computer port. That's one of the <laughs> stupidest things I've ever seen. I was in the cinema, and me, it, me and Ian both went, "Oh, fuck off!" At the same time, oh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Right. You know other, than that, go on, go on. other than that, other than that, it's you're nearly good. perfect. It's yeah. it's it's nearly perfect. I scored it in third. Uh, I, I yeah, toyed I around whether it'd be fourth. Um, I, 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 it's so hard to not score it top, really, because I remember the way Gags felt when he watched it for the first time. Um, and I just came out of the cinema just beaming. I just like, had the best time. And that's the thing with cinema and, and film, and that's what we love about Marvel. Sometimes you just come out of a film and just have the best time watching it, and, and that's what you need. I mean, you sometimes need to watch films that make you sad or happy or angry or whatever, but sometimes you just need to watch this film and, yeah, brings back some great emotions and, and I just adored it. I think it's just... Josh Whedon's just done a great job and, and we mentioned Serenity before. If you ever want to go and see something he's produced before, Serenity's such a great film that he did before. Um, and to it's me, a it's a shame that he's the second the film... Lead. Yeah, it's a shame that it just got all too much for him and the pressure and I mean, we'll, we'll come to it pretty he? soon. Yeah, he, he's a he's a known perfectionist, and I think he's basically said he would have loved to have stayed, but he just felt there was a couple of people that were pulling him in different directions, and he wasn't able to get a hundred percent of his vision out. And if it's not a hundred percent what he wants, he, he doesn't really want to be associated with it. And you can't argue with that. You know, it shows a, a bit of integrity, doesn't it? It's a lot easier to just go, yeah, fine, whatever, and phone it in. Still make, you know, five, six, seven hundred million dollars. We're moving on to 2013, so not long ago, and Iron Man 3. Again, all pretty similar on this, but I rated this higher than Iron Man 2. I, for Ben Kingsley alone, as the Mandarin or the fake Mandarin, I just thought it was absolutely genius. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this film. So it was really good fun. I thought the action was ace. Um, and again, it's just more Iron Man, and there's not much more to love than just a solo Iron Man film, really. It's, it's what do you think, Stu? You're the same as me, I think. Yeah, I said 10th as well. Um, visually, it was the best Iron Man. I, I've always been a big, massive nerd for the Iron Man armors. I love the fact that he's got an armor for literally every single occasion. 
And I love the fact that towards the end, you, you, you started getting to see them all. And we, we got a little bit, little bit of a false hope where, where all the armors are coming in to, to fight off um, whatever the hell was going on, all the, uh, yeah. the extremist troops. They, they had the one that comes in and he lifts up one of those containers. And I started thinking, is that supposed to be the Hulk buster? But it, it was wasn't. Big. His name was Igor and he was just meant for heavy lifting. But I think that was kind of maybe like a, a quarter of an Easter egg of luck. He's got some big shit out there. He's not just got the underwater armor, the space, the stealth, the, the silver centurion, which is my fucking favorite, where it was silver and red instead of gold and red from the 80s. I love that shit. But, you know, he's got some serious heavy-duty artillery. And unlike you, I actually didn't like the Ben Kingsley bit. Ben oh, Kingsley is, is phenomenal. But I was massively let down by that little twist when it turns out that he's just a normal guy. Side it was note, just hilarious. It was man. great when he was watching Liverpool beat Chelsea yes, it was. in the background. That was fucking brilliant. We, we probably got that more than a lot of people did because a lot of people probably would have Oh, why have they got him that in the background? I loved it because it was Aga scoring, wasn't it? Yeah, which was ace. And yeah, it was it was a bit of an anticlimax that that's how they decided to round off the one of the most archetypal Iron Man villains going. I mean, you yeah, guys, but you it guys still me biased towards Iron Man, but I rated both the 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 Captain you America did, movies higher than the the two sequels, and I thought they got worse progressively, like normally they do, you know, like a sequel. And it, I, I thought from two to three it got worse. I did like what you said about um, Mandarin uh, Rory. I did think he was yeah. the, the twist was fantastic. It did, you don't see it coming, and it was just funny, really, really funny as well. The way he then turns into this soft, He's just his accent, twat, you know? Kind of, you know, soft, <laughs> but but Guy Pierce was, was uh, let, let, let down for me. I, I as much as I love the Iron Legion and stuff, you know, the introduction of it all, I thought it was great, but I just thought there was something missing from it. I just really did, and. Um, a fun fact for you, actually, while I'm here, the Mandarin has a tattoo on his neck in this movie, that's, uh, which is Captain America's shield, but it has an anarchist A symbol instead of the star inside the middle of it. So, yeah, there was uh, little nice. things like that going on in the, in the movie. That um, You've been sorting up, haven't you? I you have, I have, yeah, why not? Why not? Like, you, know, you know, you say it was missing something, it was missing a proper villain. Because yeah, the Mandarin, exactly. the Mandarin wasn't the, the villain, and yeah. Guy Pearce is a cracking actor. But Killian was a really crappy, it was a really crappy character. And then when they got into the CGI, it was a little bit too CG. It was a bit too bendy and a bit unreal. It it wasn't Favreau, was it, this one? I don't know who was tied onto this one. No, Favreau only did the first two and then a step back. I think think you could tell with the CGI. Yeah, I think you could tell. It went a little bit too much much in the opposite direction, which is sort of understandable, isn't it? Because... You are under a lot of pressure to to use loads of CG to make it look really extravagant, but the first two Iron Man films, especially the first one, showed you don't need all of that stuff. If the story's good and the villain and the characters are good, you don't need loads of it. No, you don't. No, you don't. And one last fun fact before you move on: uh, this, the original post-credit scene, was. Tony Stark blasting off into space where he meets the Guardians of the Galaxy. But Iron Man was intended to have a cameo in that film as well. But due to Robert Downey Jr.'s announcement that he might hang up his suit, they opted for the scene with Bruce Banner instead, which Robert suggested. What the fucker? I know, I know. Amazing. It would have been amazing. (laughs) You just ruined my life now, guys, that that never happened. It was sharp. It was sharp. 
Wow. Speaking of ruining lives, I think 2013 <laughs> is fairly appointed. You know, we're talking Iron Man 3, and then we're talking the second Thor film, The Dark oh, World. Jesus. It ranks 13th, 13th, and 13th. If it wasn't for the terrible Hulk film, this would it be dead be last. Yeah. It's, I think it's a pretty shit film, actually. I've got to be honest. I really, uh, you know, I, I try and be positive about the Thor films because. I want to like them, but I just this film doesn't really have any redeeming features for me. Nothing major. Yes, it does. Chris Hemsworth arms. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty you, good redeem, you, perhaps. And it does. And there was go- there was some good Cat Dennings line where she start where she calls Mjolnir Mjolnir. That's one of my favourite lines of any Marvel films. Is Mjolnir. She's great. It's not, it's not a redeem. Kat Dennings is it's it's great, and she's got massive perinockers, and you know it's, it's she's a likable <laughs> lass. Trust, trust you to take it down to the base level, and you bastards call me. Yeah, I, I just want to say that I don't even remember this movie, and that is the worst thing you can say about that. Is a bad sign, isn't it? it you is know what it is. Sign. This is the equivalent. Thor has been sort of treated in the same way. Wolverine has great character that hasn't been done justice, and both of them now are relying on the third film in their franchise to really give him a good send-off because we don't know what's happening with Chris Hemsworth after this. He's another one. He, he was tied to a really long contract, and he's coming to the end of it. He might have one or two films left. Robert Downey Jr. is done in terms of major films. He's got cameos left, but he's done his major films. Chris Evans, I think, has got one left. So the the old guard are getting very close to being swept away. And in the comics, Thor is no longer, as we know him, it's now changed to somebody else, which we won't spoil. So, I mean, we could be seeing the end of Chris Hemsworth after after Ragnarok. But I think it would be time for a lot of them. Do you know what I mean? I think he'll still be involved, though, mate. In I'd in... say more so for the other two, because I'd have to check, but I think he's probably younger than Chris Evans, so I think he's maybe got a few years left in him. Oh, he's definitely younger than Evans, yeah. It's whether it fits the narrative. It may well be a case of they have to sweep the classic Avengers under the rug and usher in the new, younger, completely different Avengers. I think they'll have to do that. And and it would be a shame if if Thor goes away without having a really film. He's he's still got Ghostbusters, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bring up that film on this pod. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Never invite you back. Can we just start the pod now? Whoever's editing the pod, can you just remove everything that Gags has ever said? And we'll just pretend it was me and Rory. I was we'll, we'll make it work. I was taking the piss. Yeah, we'll make it shorter. Um, right. <laughs> 2014. So if 2013 was a bit of a poor year, 2014 was an absolute belter. It was. It started off with Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I've ranked it fourth, but I was wrestling with myself so much that it could have been top, could have been second, could have been third, but it's such a great film. I mean, me and Stu have always called it that it's almost like an espionage film. It's like a spy thriller in the guise of, of the MCU. It's not as heavy on the action, but the narrative is great. And it's just got a great villain, and it's just it's just a perfectly well-rounded film, and, and the relationships in it between Cap and Romanov is awesome. Um the introduction of Falcon's good for me. I just think it's I think it's really good, man. Stu, you agree? I'm, I'm gonna I put it as second. Um it was it's been my favourite for the last two years. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's perfect. It's probably got 
I might be sticking my neck out, but it's probably got the best written story out of all the Marvel films because of how it's good on action, it's hard-hitting, it's got incredibly poignant moments. And at the end of the day, when you strip everything away, it's about two lads that have been friends for as long as they can remember. And it, it's just that struggle between the two. You know, st- even now, Captain America's weak spot is Bucky. It will always be Bucky, no matter what's going on. As soon as somebody mentions Bucky, as we saw in Civil War, he drops his guard. And, you know, Captain America, is he's, the, the, he's called the first Avenger. You know, he's, he was America's hero. But as soon as you mention the name of his best friend, he just goes to shit. That's how powerful a grip Bucky has got on his life. And not, having not actually... just that though, not just that though, they showed in Avengers how he felt lonely. He didn't know anything of what people were yeah. talking about. The mention of his mate makes him feel like I've still got somebody from my era here. Someone yeah. I can feel at home with or at least understands me. Do you get what I mean? There was a there is a massive emotional connection to the movie. And I like that. I do. I just found that there were seven movies that I enjoyed more. But like you said, the story, everything about that was, was spot on. It does connect with you as well. Really good. It's and, not, I, for me, it's you not must quite have a traditional read Marvel hmm? film. I don't, I don't feel it feels like a traditional Marvel film compared to the others. It's not no. as big on the action. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a superhero film. Like you, you not said really. Long, you, yeah. you were the one that coined the thing and said it's like an espionage film. It's more an action film. It could be you know, a modern born film or a Mission Impossible, yeah. obviously not as cheesy and hand up. No, but, but they use those kind of like born, born central European locations, which they had a lot in Civil War. And, and yeah, they do. It does feel more born inspired than a lot of other films, really. And Gags, you, because you, you subscribe to that, um, that graphic novel um, thing yes. for Marvel. So you've, you must have read the Winter Soldier comic. It's only just come through that one. <laughs> oh, has it? Yeah. Right. Because if it was you last read week. that, Mm. I read that and then I went back and rewatched the film and I appreciated it a lot more. I it was a very, that. very good retelling of the um, of the story and that I'm I'm a massive fan. I love it when they can take it frame by frame and just stick it up. And they 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 did a, a cracking job. The only there's only one film that keeps it off the top spot for me, and everybody already we'll, knows. We'll, we'll get there. Is. Yeah, we'll get there. Yes. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, 2014, as I said, you know, absolutely cracking year. Uh, the follow-up to this was was Guardians of the Galaxy, and I love I love Guardians of the Galaxy. We all and, do. Yeah, I know. I'm slightly disappointed. Oh, I know I'm one person that doesn't. Who? A certain, oh, Joseph a certain... Connors. Really? Why? I don't know. To be, I'm, I'm Joey Cousins uh, for for that matter. Uh, what does Joey Cousins like? No, it was oh, Ken Joseph, as well. Joseph Cousins, sorry. No, God. No, Kay really? said he thought that um, that. Hang on, did he say it was Doctor Strange was better than Guardians? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. No, 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 you, no, 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 that was excellent. That was yeah, excellent. yeah. You're losing track. Oh, I am. Uh, I to just want to be angry at Kay. Fuck you, Kay. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably going to listen in about seven months' time anyway. But yeah, <laughs> to, fine. to be honest, uh, this was this was fantastic. Something uh, again, never heard of. Uh, had no expectations. That's the killer of it. No expectation movie again. I had the lowest expectations of it. And I thought it was going to be shit. Yeah, I, I genuinely did. I, I looked at the trailers. You looked at a rocket and you go, what the fuck is that? There's a raccoon, there's a <laughs> fucking big off tree, and there's a green lady over there. <laughs> and as much as I love Chris Pratt, I don't think he's going to carry this film. Oh, he did. Um, oh, he did. Even Chris Pratt Batista is what was I was fantastic. talking about. Oh, but it's just the driest humour. 
Yeah, the lines in this film, you know, um, something it's probably about, the funniest for me. It's got to be the funniest. It's got to be the funniest. It was the funniest. And that all comes funniest. Down to Chris Pratt. Chris yeah, Pratt, he, he genius is proper, casting, proper genius comedy. action was good. The, again, the dialogue was brilliant. It had the, the music, the soundtrack, the soundtrack is the best of any Marvel movie amazing. ever. And he, it's like, one of the best soundtracks of any film ever. Yeah. I don't care about genre. It's it's the perfect soundtrack. I mean, obviously, it's got the kind of harrowing opening scene where he's at his mom's deathbed. Oh, and yeah. Then he, um, but then the second scene when it's the kind of um, opening and, and the title's role, and he starts singing into a bloody lizard on an unbeknown <laughs> planet where he's got... I just... From that moment in, I was just hooked. Well, yeah. the hooked on a feeling. Um, I'm still oh, hooked. Oh, you robbed me, lad. <laughs> I'm still hooked on a feeling. Hooked on oh. a feeling. I'm still hooked on a feeling with that song. I will play yeah. it, you know, all the time in the car. It's on. It just reminds you. You, you know, a song will then just remind you of a movie. Bam! Yeah. That is that is what oh, yeah. this movie did. And, yeah. in and the, years, all the when you hear it, you will yeah. you'll still get those goosebumps and you'll start chuckling, thinking about the lines from it. Yeah, yeah, and we we did it before. We went through when we did the Guardians pod, and we talked about all the cast in it. Everyone's perfect in it. Um, some small roles for like quite big names actors like Benicio del Toro and um, oh, when Serafinowicz gets Serafinowicz for, for one of the best lines when he's what an a hole. <laughs> yeah. He's got some great lines. He's he's brilliant in this, and I think I think Chris Pratt does bring something that. I really wasn't expecting. And that's what James Gunn brought to the table. As much as producing a brilliant film, he demanded it was Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt lost about four stone and got into incredible shape because he's never been a lead before. And it was quite a risk. And now for, he's you know, getting some really big movies, Jurassic Park. Well, after that, Jurassic just kept going. followed. And that's the thing. It's passengers, launched his career. Passengers and, you coming know, out soon. And the guy's great. You know, he's just, he's natural. He's such a funny guy. But he he's a nice a guy. Great lead. He's such a nice guy. He looks yeah. like a nice guy. He just looks like the kind of guy that would, you know, he'd give someone his last dollar, you know, in his pocket to help them out. Not to be, you know, oh, look at what he's done. Just because he seems like a genuinely just a nice guy. The, him and Anna Faris keep themselves out the public, out the spotlight. Yeah. But at the same time, he's there for his fans. He's also, as a lot of the Marvel guys are, he goes and does like charity events and he goes to hospitals and he's wearing his um, his get up. And I've got all the time in the world for people like that, you know, that, that use their privilege for to put a little bit of good and, you know, put some smile on some sick. Yeah, kids. we don't talk about it a lot, but Marvel do do a lot of good and a lot of the actors do what Stu just said. And there's a great video of Downey Jr. Um, giving a like a prosthetic limb, didn't he? To a oh, kid, yeah, he, he gave an Iron Man-inspired um, prosthetic arm it's to a just kid. amazing. And the video. kid's face. And and Chris um, Chris Evans has done it as well. In fact, Chris Evans and Chris pa- Pratt did... They had a bet, they, didn't they, over the they did have a bet. Last yep. year or the year before. And even though I, I forget which side won, both of them went in their costumes anyway, because at the end of the day, you know, there was no real winners or losers. So the kids got to meet Captain America and Star-Lord at the same time. And he just, they're just, he's just a brilliant guy. But look at his career now. He's gone from the fat lad on Parks and Rec, who was fucking funny. And Andy Dwyer was a brilliant character. And yeah. now he's proper leading man. He's a genuine Hollywood, you know, A-list. Yeah. And I think we're all, I mean, we've all been going crazy over the trailer for Guardians 2. Oh, especially sweet. Baby Groot. Unbelievable. Um, what a group. It's going to be great. Isn't it it's one of the longest awesome. ever 
trailers they've produced, anyone's ever produced for a movie or something, it is fantastic. It's, it sets it's, it up. It's broken Marvel's record. It's their. It's one of the longest, but it's their most viewed trailer. So that means it, it's also the most anticipated film they've probably done. Do you know but what it is about this film? Just to just to put it out there, I think this film crosses boundaries for for people. I think it brought more people into the MCU because it's it's not what people expected. No, it's more of a traditional sci-fi film. Yeah, because um, it's, it's that a comic, sci-fi comic, comic you know. action comedy film. It, it's literally got a bit of everything apart from maybe horror in there. But people and just love it. People just adore this film, and and, and quite feeling, right. Uh, too. I've got a feeling Mister Strange is going to have something to do with the uh, crossover. Oh yes. he does. I have a big feeling. Maybe maybe Ragnarok, but we will see what goes on there. Mm. Um, the next one, again, I, it's tricky, this film. And, and, and you two have scored it higher than me. Um, it's, it's Avengers Age of Ultron 2015. I thought it was a great sequel. Um, but it, for me, it didn't have... Well, it was never going to have the originality of, the, of, of the, its first film, you know? But it just didn't have... There was a lot of action. It was heavy on action, but I don't think the script was as strong. And I just, there were some great scenes in it, and I loved the bar scene when they're all just hanging out. Yeah, and amazing. And Saul's drinking that really strong liquor that he's introduced to Stanley <laughs> and all the buddies, you know. And it was there's a, some great, great moments in this film, but I just didn't quite get it's it. It's weird much as to say this, right, Rory? But it was a stepping stone movie. This is kind yeah. of the precursor to Civil War. This movie sets up... Without this movie, you can't do Civil War. You really True. can't. Because there is so much going on in this film that explains what go, you know why... There's a Civil lot War. of tension in this film it as is, well. I think that's is. why it's and not as fun to watch. And that's, that needed to be that. I loved know? it, though. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm with Stu on this one. Fourth for me. Yeah. And obviously, the, the, the original Avengers is higher for me on, than this because of what, what I said before. But I still think it's... Anything that has like a, a cast like this together, you know. I mean, we're, we're going to see what Justice League can do later next year, right? Is it next year or the year after? Next year, just next, next year. year. So, so we can see. You know, you'll get to see how hard it is. Can they nail you it? You know, because it's not everyone who thinks that making these movies is easy with this oh, many fucking man. cast members. Believe me, man, it takes some fucking precision to do it and planning. And how many different directors have directed and writers have written their stories or written about them? And for them to get into a, a big bastard movie together and to do justice to everyone, I'm sorry, man. It's um, you've got to tip your hat off to them whenever they do it. So, uh, yeah, I, like, no, like, you do. Fourth, yeah, you do. fourth for me. Yeah, fourth. Yeah, and there's still for some great well. action as well. I'm, I'm one of the few people that puts this higher than the, the first Avengers. You're the only person that puts this higher than <laughs> Okay, fine. I, I like to stand alone sometimes. It's better than being a sheep, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You bitch. <laughs> but to me, it, it ju- everything just felt a little bit more connected. It felt like everything was a little bit tighter. But Gags made a really good point. It was a really big stepping stone. You think the things it's introduced, not just the characters, because Quicksilver was okay. I mean, nah. Quicksilver's basically just a shit flash, let's be honest. Yes. But Scarlet course. Witch. Scarlet super. Witch is great. Wow. Elizabeth um, Olsen herself, brilliant. Vision, brilliant. Wow. James Spader's portrayal of Ultron. Ultron was awesome. Amazing. Only to, Amazing to locate. His comic delivery, you know, this giant, I mean, he's what, he's about, he's meant to be about seven, seven and a half foot tall, giant oh. hulking robot, probably weighs about three metric tons. And yet he's, 
he, he's clumsy when he rips off the um, uh, the arms dealer's arm. And, but this was the first and, film that showed like vulgar, like not vulgarity, but evilness. Like I think Rory, yeah. you said it on the, you know, when we did the pod a year ago, <laughs> a year ago, I think one of you remember said that this was the first time they went like, wow, whoa, that's graphic. That really is Yeah, graphic. it was a little bit darker and edgier, this mm. film, in fairness. I, I think Avengers is this kind of family-friendly film. And yeah. this, this had a bit of an edge to it. And I, I, I did, look, I, it's hard to score these films. You know, you could score them all so highly. And, and you know, I still really enjoyed it. Um, but you could tell by what the director came out with afterwards that he wasn't fully happy with what he'd produced. Um, I, I just thought it could have been better than the Avengers. And, and I disagree agree with you Stu that it is better I, I just don't see it is but you know that's what makes this pod interesting I guess you know yeah well that's the whole point isn't it if we all agreed on things we wouldn't have a pod because it'd just be really fucking boring <laughs> and speaking so, of things which aren't utterly fucking boring no. <laughs> the, 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 the next one where you expect jack shit <laughs> What, we what a really wonderful, did. wonderful segue that was, and you just ruined it. I'm wasted here. <laughs> if I had a trailer, I would be storming off to my trailer, but I don't. <laughs> so I'm sitting down in my man cave. With a robe on. <laughs> with with a Stop. Jedi robe on, pouting, stroking the dog, and that is not a euphemism. <laughs> For fuck's sake. No one... Oh, just... Stop. Yeah, we've lost a lot of listeners there, I'm afraid. Go, Rory, go. I thank you, I thank you. You talk, um, you next talk. <laughs> is Ant-Man 2015. It's, it's, it's the film that I think, other than Guardians, probably surprised us all, because after all the issues with Edgar Wright, and anyone that's listened to me on a pod knows I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright, who did the Cornetto trilogy, Hot Fuzz, Shaun the Dead, um, etc was was nailed in to produce this and direct this and write and he wrote the scripts and he'd been on the ant-man you know it was just years in the making this it's one of the longest films wasn't it something like 2005 it's something something ungodly like that it was something that they said actually yeah this this might come off the ground and it probably fall through a few cracks before the mcu it began in in april 2006 was when they started official development it's insane. And That's he was on mental. board for what, you know, eight years. And, and then he fell out with, he fell out with Disney and he still got the writing credits, which he, he deserves obviously. Um, but I thought when that happened and when a director falls out with a film, which is happening all over DCU, literally every DC film going at the minute, have got director one or director two or director three on board. Now. Yeah. Three for um, the flash. Um, and, when that happens, it normally spells trouble for a film. And I just was really wary that this film was going to bomb. And it was the first one that was really going to tank. Although Paul Rudd was in it. And I thought, you know, Douglas and Rudd could make it good. But I genuinely was shocked by how good this film was. I, I absolutely love this film. It's, Mate, it's I, up there I, went to, I went to watch it for Kate from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's not a bad excuse. <laughs> Uh, Rory, you and I have both got it down as our fifth. Yeah. I I was completely surprised. I, I thought, same as you, it's going to bomb going into it. How Ant-Man is, is one of the seminal Avengers. He's, he's always been there. He was a founding member. He's had a bit of a troubled past. Like Iron Man, he's had some controversial storylines involving alcoholism. And there was a really big arc where he was, he was physically abusing his wife, which... Jeez. 
was, you know, it, it, it got really, you know, really deep and really heavy, which a lot of Marvel comics don't do because, and a lot of comics in general don't do because you don't want to alienate people by talking about things like that. But at the end of the day, he's a guy you can talk to ants and make himself go really tiny. It's a really, really daft premise. And that's coming from someone who's been a lifetime fan of the Atom. But they did it. You know, even though the Edgar Wright script was was diluted a little bit, I think it's still supposed to be about 75% his vision. It was yeah. just the, you know, the whipped cream and the cherry on the top that he didn't get to do. But the bulk of it, all the foundation was his work because he, he put so much blood, sweat and tears. He drafted, I think, three or four scripts before he got it right. So they, they couldn't have torn it down if they tried to tear it down. Like you, I think my alarm bells would have gone and I think they would have had to have just scrapped it and said, you know what, we'll bench it and we'll come back in a few years. Yeah. But Paul Rudd was brilliant. Michael Douglas was good. That was one of my only concerns was that it wasn't Hank Pym, is that they were doing the Scott Lang character because I would rather they started off at the beginning, but then that would have meant a massive leap back in time. Yeah, so I can see why worked. they did go for the second they generation. They did show little bits of him, you know, Hank Pym did. Yeah, and that was I, nice. I, think, I thought that yeah, was, it was, was nice. It was a nice little um, little homage to him, the fact that you still got to see the original Ant-Man. Yeah. They it's made just that a shame clear. That it wasn't and real. they really made that clear in the movie that he's the next one. There's already been one. And I think as long as they got that across, that, you know, Paul Rudd isn't the original, he's the next one. I think at least, like, for someone like me who, again, never heard of this guy, Ant-Man before, I understood there was one in yeah. the past. I think at that's the it's clarity. Isn't it? You've yes. got to respect the source material. You that's can't just it. come in and shit all over it. No, and I, th- I think they do that a lot, don't they? They do try and stick Ab- to... Absolutely. They're, that's they're the beauty. very, very considerate, very much so. And I think can we give, can we give a quick, quick, quick moment to, to Michael Pena? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Louis. I was going to say, he, he makes this. And, you know, you know when I, again, some of these movies, uh, you try and sell them to, to people, like, for example, Nina. And you're like, you know, yeah. you, 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 she's like, Ant-Man, what? I was like, just watch it. Just watch. And then Michael Pena is just like, what are you talking about afterwards? Because he's just... And I, I, I can't wait film. for the next one because I want to see him. I just and he's in it. He's, he's, he's been confirmed nice. for Ant, Ant and the Wasp. Yeah, it's just he's it, just awesome. But like it's, said, it's that narration at the end after the obviously the fight with Falcon is great as well um, when he goes to the Avengers facility. Um, but that's when he, he he gets introduced to Falcon and, and just when Michael Peña is doing the whole and my mate knows this guy and this guy knows this guy. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's what introduces him into the and of course you get the Stanley cameo. You know? So you've got Stan Lee being voiced by Michael Peña. Yeah, how amazing. Yeah, which is a pretty special moment. It, it has yeah. a very good cast too. Um, the villain is from House of Cards, I think, as well. He was yeah, in the he is House, from of House of Cards. So yeah. I, I, I recognised him immediately. So I thought, ooh, because he was good in that as well. So uh, he, he's, he's, he plays a good villain, actually. He you does. Know, you believe it. And he's, well, he's a pretty good. sick bastard, actually. You know, he's, he's, well, the only thing I know him from is, um, is from The Strain. Oh, he's in The Strain style. too. Yeah, he's he, he a... plays the. Um, He's the lead male character in in that. So for me, that was a bit weird seeing him go from. Wait up! He's the lead in the strain. Yeah, he plays F. Oh my god, he looks so different, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because he's got hair and like <laughs> a bit of stuff. I didn't even recognise him. I swear to God, I love the strain. <laughs> it, it's it's the well, universal thing of bald people make the best villains. Oh man, I'm so gutted that I didn't know that. I love it even more now, man. It's going up further. <laughs> Nice. Sorry, that's, there you go. Rewrite this article. Let's edit it love before it. we get it out. Love it, Stu. Um, love it, Stu. I love that, mate. Nice one. 
The next film, ugh, the next film is just. Oh, Jesus. Hang on, we've, just, we've... Hang, on, hang on, hang on. Just let me loosen my trousers for this. <laughs> go on, away you go. I thought you've got a drum roll. No, you're just loosening your trousers and opening that bloody robe. <laughs> um... a drum roll there, too. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Not with that small thing. Um... <laughs> Right, <laughs> 2016. Um, it's the biggest film they've ever produced. It's, Holy shit! It's, it's the best film they've produced for all of us. It is bah, Captain bah, bah, America: bah, bah, Civil bah, 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 War. Goosebumps, goosebumps. Just talking about this film. We covered, I, it, we covered it beautifully in the pod. You know, we did. What more can yeah. we say about this than, like I said to you guys, right? What it does to the cine, you know, the cinematic, the, the cinema goer. If a film can move you, can do something with you, you can enjoy it, you're jumping around laughing your head off, you're excited to see Spider-Man and Iron Man together, you're, you're loving how Bucky and, and, and uh, Kappa together are now, there's so many little things, little plots, what's yeah. going on, and, and then they're at each other's throats, and then the twist at the end, which Stu saw coming, but we didn't. By the way, everybody. Yeah, but Stu predicts everything. In fairness, <laughs> right? So he's, he's bound to get something right. That now, had me livid, fucking livid in the movie. It was like watching Rocky again, and you just wanting Rocky to beat Clubber Lang's face off, right? That was the, you know, that was it was like that, and I just thought. If a film can do that to you, and it's a fucking comic book movie. Exactly. Well exactly. done. Like, fucking well done. It's incredible to get that kind of emotion. And and the thing is, what Marvel never does is it never drops its humour from the films. So the scenes we talked about with, with Bucky and... Um, in the VW, in the in the back of the car, when they're watching him kiss the girl, Falcon and well. <laughs> yeah, it's just hilarious. It's Falcon and Bucky's relationship, which is oh, yeah, brilliant throughout because they just kind of hate each other. They're basically rivaling to they're be getting Cap's best mate. Spider-Man yeah. as well. <laughs> and that Spider-Man's introduction was just perfect. Um, Black Panther sets up that whole movie, wow. which we're really excited about, and I think it's going to be incredible. And I think he was great in it, and just all the major characters were just brilliant, and they all got enough screen time. I think when we all looked at this, we were just all quite shocked that they all got enough time on screen to to make it, you know, them yeah. all get enough worthwhile time, and then get the action in, and then get the narrative in. And despite it not having its de facto villain, I still thought Zemo was was great to be honest. And yeah, uh, Stu, you agree. Yeah, I do. It's after one viewing, I thought it was my favorite after the second viewing, it was absolutely nailed on as my favorite. There's just, I, I don't see how they're possibly going to make a film. That's going to take the place of this one. It's one of my favorite films in general, let alone one of my favorite Marvel films. I don't think there's a single thing that could have been improved. It's, I'm actually surprised it's not made more money. I thought it would have absolutely rocketed to, you know, over two billion. I, I thought it was just going to destroy box office records. It's, it's everything it's done so far, everything it sets up for the future. And, and we're not just talking the next couple of films. We're talking literally the rest of the MCU. I, I've already made my, my mark about the, you know, there's going to be the Avengers and the new Avengers, which could mean that Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth go to be replaced by Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange and and what have you. And it, it's it's going to be very, very profound. It, it's very, very profound. But you look at all the positives that are coming out of this that you guys have already mentioned. Spider-Man, faultless. 
a really, really good in-depth look at Falcon. Brilliant. Black Panther. Brilliant. A lot of people didn't like Zemo, but I, like you, really liked the, the spin they did. They made it clear they weren't doing Baron Zemo from the comics. He was just going to be Zemo. He was just a guy who was doing this thing. He wasn't supposed to be this maniacal supervillain. He was just a plot point, basically, wasn't he? But yeah. I don't think any of the other villains, relatively speaking, have had as profound an impact on, on the Avengers as he has. And he's got no powers. He's not got a single ability. He's just got in their heads and he's, he's just completely eroded all of those friendships. And you've now got, you know, 12 months ago, they were si- fighting side by side. Now half of them are in refuge on the other side of the world because their friends would arrest them on site. So it's, it, it's just hard to not love it. It was just perfect. And, and it's hats off be to the Russo brothers as well. I mean, yeah. to bring those kind of characters together, and we talked about it on Avengers and Age of Ultron, but to bring them all together and to give them all that screen time and to basically, you know, Disney Marvel have basically trusted them with the, the keys to the house, to the penthouse, because they're doing the final two. And I couldn't think of a better pair of directors to do it because they nailed this and I have no fears. I, you know, complete trust. You were worried, innit? After, after you know. Joss Whedon yeah. was handling I, yeah. I was just, I was worried in general because how it's such a big film, you know, and, and we've seen it with DC that actually the pressure is, is heavy because, you know, fans of, of these genres, are, you know, are demanding now and it's brought in so many I thought many you were going to say fans. demented. <laughs> No, we're not talking about you. Um, we're always uh, talking about me. You know what? You go know on. what, guys? Uh, before you, sorry, sorry, go on. Go on yeah, no, 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 go for it, go for it. Basically, you're talking about two characters here in this movie that you have defined MCU so far. But then the next movie. I mean, I, I want you to finish your point because I was going to go. I was going to do a segue for you because the next movie defines probably what Stu was pointing at the next generation of MCU. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and like we said with this, you know, your introduction of, of Spider-Man and, and Black Panther is, is part of what's to come. And you could feel that in, in you know, they're, they're new and their stories are yet to be told and it's exciting and fresh and that's exactly what you want. But there's the old guard there and there's still the kind of, you know, there's unfinished business and this film ends on almost a cliffhanger in the sense that, you know, you know that the next film is going to be huge and, and you just can't wait for it. And, and I've said that about every Marvel film, that if you come out of a film going, I just want to see the next one, they've got you hooked because they, you know, no matter what the next one is, you're going to enjoy it or Evans you know, is in Black Panther enjoy the aspects of it. Evans is in Black Panther for me. The way they oh, and Bucky, it. I'm yeah, sure. And Bucky, yeah. I'm sure they are. Yeah, I think and they'll all be the in there. Everyone who, who who's broken out, everyone who's on Team Cap, yeah, will probably be in. Um, that's amazing. That's a in Wakanda. That's a massive movie. Then that becomes humongous. It's like yeah, Spider-Man and it's a whole and Iron new Man. World. It just, it's it's going to be jungle. It's going to be a whole new world. Wow. And that's the thing. It's it's going to be different again. And and you watch these films, and they do, you know, bring in new elements and, and new areas. And I'll let you segue into something else they brought in this year, if you if you wish to, guys. <laughs> You, you kind of just did. <laughs> I did it already. Basically, yeah. you know, this is this this movie. I mean, you could Doctor Strange is the big one for this year as well. I mean, what did you guys rate it as before we go and talk about it? I've I've got it as third. Wow, wow, that's high. Um, yeah. 
I've got it seventh, but again, I've only seen it once, and it's... I've seen it three times. Jesus Christ! More it's than more than Stu, which is it broke, rare. It broke the top five for me. It's a magnificent movie, and the only reason it won't go higher than that is because. Iron Man started it for me. It's an emotional connect, and the other three are the ensembles. So I, yeah, you can't and his touch... accent is terrible. So you I can't... can't get past the accent. <laughs> I loved other it. Than that, I loved oh. it. I thought he was brilliant. He is, and let me put it right now, he is the next big fucking thing for Marvel. This guy is the next like Tony Stark for me. The casting, I think Stu will do it better than me in terms of plugging this film, but. Yeah. Fuck me. And the pod's out. The pod's already out when you're listening to this. Go and listen to yes. the, the Doctor Strange um, review. But this guy nails it. I, I did not know nothing about Doctor Strange. I absolutely love this movie. Absolutely. I think I me, me and Stu would. Yeah. I watched it in IMAX, Rory. And you yeah. know what? 3D IMAX, I felt like the fucking cinema was moving. Because yeah. of the way that thing was moving around, I honestly felt like I was in it. If you do not watch this in IMAX, if you've not watched it, go because it's an experience in itself. I've never seen action like it. People are running upside down, inside out. What the fuck is going on? But it's all believable and it's all fantastic. So, I mean, yeah. I loved it. I man. mean, other than the accent, as I said, he, he is flawless. He's <laughs> You're so flawless. nitpicking, Rory. Such a I know. And it's only because, I, you know, when you watch a film and you've got a niggle and it just, I just thought they could have cast him and, and kept him British and I think that would have been fine. But still, only because I, I love Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock. And, and I love him in anything he's in, really. He's amazing. Um, but it's all about his voice and, and his delivery, and I just thought that was a little bit lost in it. But he is the perfect kind of arrogant, you know, surgeon at the beginning of the film. And, and so I was on my pod with Stu, and I just thought he played that so well. And you saw the, you know, emotional breakdown of, of, of him not being able to use his hands and just desperate to fix it because he doesn't know how to not fix things. Um, and I thought Tilda Swinton was just great. I thought the cast were really solid. I thought it was really felt. I just felt like it was the most one of the most well-rounded films I've seen in a long time. It didn't have any, didn't have to trim any of the fat. You know, there wasn't a part of the film that went. I was a bit long, or that was a bit, you know, a bit boring in that section. None of that. It was just. It was a perfectly delivered film. And I'm amazed people, I mean, it is done exceptionally well. And I pe- think people are genuinely excited about what's to come. What excites me most is when you go back to the first Iron Man, you go back to first Captain America, um, Will Ignorthor, but you go back to the origins of these films and you see what they've done going forward. I'm just excited to see what Doctor Strange can do going forward because he's just starting to get his powers and he's just starting to hone his powers and and you're just going to see more and more and he's going to be huge like you say gags in in going forward in 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 phase three four, four whatever four. We move he on just to. makes me laugh like when he goes door mom we've come to you know i've come to i've come to bargain and he just keeps repeating i just love it oh, i just genius. thought it's just such a genius ending to the movie it's genius Stu, i know you've talked a lot on, Go. on the other pod but Go, you've got to yeah, get in there I- I've got it as as my third. Joey and I had a wow. really really good time with the uh, the preview that we did. Uh, what about a month, six weeks ago? Yeah. And the, the review that we've we've just released in the last couple of days. Um, I I think it's a very it's going to be a very profound film in in what it's going to bring going forward. It, it's the first 
delving into the mystic arts. It's a ho- a whole new world for Marvel, which is really going to open up the whole MCU for for when Thanos arrives because they they can't beat this this godlike figure with just conventional weapons and uh, you know with science based and, and stuff. They they need. They need something otherworldly. They're going to need the cosmic powers that they'll get from Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel, as she will always be to me. And you are going to need the magical side of things, you know, that that untapped power that's pretty much limitless. And that that's the key thing with this. You know, a lot of these other characters have got limits. You know, Hulk can can lift a certain amount. Iron Man can fly this fast or can shoot a round of whatever, you know, an explosive round that can penetrate through certain material. You know, Doctor Strange is as powerful as his imagination. You know, he will only ever get stronger. And as he starts covering himself with more and more uh, relics like the Eye of Agamotto, he's going to get more and more powerful. He's going to have access to do crazy things. Look at the end of the film. He turns back time. When you start stacking the Infinity Stones together, which is what Thanos is going to be doing, you're really talking some heavy, crazy shit where you can bend space and time across the whole universe throughout history. And it's going to get crazy. And if you've not seen Doctor Strange in 3D, you've got to go and see it in 3D. It it takes on a whole new dimension, no pun intended, because everything just seems a little bit brighter, a little bit more vibrant. And as Gags was saying, you've got things when you've got people running on the ceiling, but then one's running on the wall. And you are actually having to move your head to just sort of check that you're not seeing things. And visually, it's phenomenal. It's got a great story. Tilda Swinton was my favorite part of it. Her and uh, Mads Mikkelsen, a great villain, a great hero. Doctor Strange was done brilliantly. And then Mordo was set up really, really well for the future. Wong is brilliant as well. Wong was a great little little comedy masterpiece. I love him. I love that he's listening to Beyonce. Yeah, it's so good. Listening to Beyonce. Mate, there's Um, so much that's good about that film. And and you know what? There's there's a little bit. I don't know if you guys covered it. I need to listen yet. Sorry, Stu. I haven't listened to the pod yet. But um, there's a bit at the start. You know when he has the accident? Did you guys yeah. pick up on what they were talking about in the car? He's yeah, actually giving Joey. him. He's actually giving him like the, 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 his computer or whatever is giving him Marvel characters, right? To, to yeah. well, fix. It, it's it's thought that the the lady that's been struck by lightning could be Captain Marvel because they've said they're yeah. not going to do a comic book origin because it involves bringing in the Kree and then they'd have to introduce the character of Captain Marvel, who was the original. Um, and I thought that Joey made a cracking point on the pod, which everyone will have listened to because you just lovely and you do these things. Um, when they mention, um, I, I can't remember how they word it, but they mentioned somebody in an experimental flight suit yeah. who yeah. had like a severe spinal injury. Yeah, and I'm actually shooting Rhodey. Joey makes a fantastic point. Think about the timeline. Civil war in the MCU has happened this year or last year. This accident happened about four or five years ago, so that could be one of the test pilots from Justin Hammer when he was trying to create the Iron Man armor. You know, he was making the man suits, and one of the guys ended up with a um, oh yeah, yeah, they did with, they? A, with a, a spine injury, mm. perhaps, or they might have just screwed up the timeline anyway and had it. You know, which it might happens. be Rhodey. It might be Rhodey. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was Rhodey immediately. But I did pick up on it. 
so you can see like how you guys have converted me into like this fucking buff that's trying oh, to Oh, that's pick, the point, man. I, I'm just, like I'm... picking up on these little things. I was even like noting down, like memorizing the password just in case I was quizzed on anything. You know, Shambhala yeah. and all that. I was like, I'm really paying fucking attention to these I know. films now. And I'm that's re- the thing. These films, I think they require attention. I mean, you can go and watch them as popcorn films and you can get as much out of them as you want to. But the attention to detail in these films is just incredible. I love that. And you watch any of these films back and they're just done perfectly. And it's just, that's what we love about them. It's not just the story. It's not just the action. It's that they're all done with care and attention and genuine love. You know, all the actors involved and, and Rory, put and so reckon, much into them. I reckon Stu would attest to this. They make them in a way that you can link things together. They leave Easter eggs in there for those all that are mental, mental bastards that want to find them will fucking find them. And that's another little bit of respect to the fan or the people that they are respect, watching. They respect their audience. They genuinely do respect their audience, you know. That, but there's one that nobody's ever found. James Gunn has said about it. There's an Easter egg that nobody's ever found from the first Guardians film. He's, and he, he, he's, he's, he's hinted he, it at, he's at some point. He said he might tell people what it is, and people have had guesses about what it could be. No one's and got nobody's it. got it. Yeah, but that's James Gunn. He loves it, that's and James, he loves the just, audience. He's just a bit of a yeah. wind-up man. Joey didn't even get it either. Uh, oh, Joey don't like the film, so he ain't gonna do it. Nah, yeah, that, literally still, nobody yeah. in the whole world has got it. Oh, that's wow. a surprise. We've covered a lot. It's been, uh, I think, it's been a pod to remember. It's our thirtieth pod. It's our anniversary pod, and like I said, we've come a long way in a year. And you know, I think we're just happy for anyone that's come on this journey with us. We've got a long way to go yet. You know, there's a lot of other things we want to cover. There's a lot of other guests we want on. There's a lot more we want to write about. Um, the one thing I want to plug is just the article that goes along with this. Um, I don't think people quite, when you're talking comic pods, I think people just think we rock up and just do it. And sometimes that's true, <laughs> but there are occasions, um, like this one and like a lot of others, in fairness, that we do put quite a lot of background into it. Stu's read a lot of comics. We do get a lot of audience participation. I've read a lot of films. I've watched a lot of films and watched a lot of series and read a lot of things online and paid attention to things like producers and directors and soundtracks and stuff that that people don't necessarily think we do in terms of the attention we put into these. And the people that do and the people that appreciate it, um, we just, yeah, you know, huge love and, and thanks for much, really, because we, we get a lot of props for this and... And the, the the figures are growing, and and yeah, we 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 love doing it, and that's why we do it. And yeah, me and Stu probably just want to thank you guys for for listening as you do and supporting us as you do. And and that's the same for Gags and Nina and um, anyone that's come on the pod and anyone that's just you know been involved from day one. And we've grown, you know, the numbers of people involved are growing, and we just yeah, genuinely, yeah, genuinely got, you appreciate yourself, it. You've got yourself a little team now, you know, Mister Lopez, Mister Connors. You know, yeah. these people, uh, Joey Connors needs to be plugged because he writes so much as well. Oh, incredible! He's a big yeah. part of your team. You know, you guys are the you guys are the founders and stuff. But you're growing a little 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 stable over there, which is nice. And we, you've got like you've got like a DC uh, and and Walking Dead specialist in Mister Lopez yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly, and like you know, so exactly. you got these little things going. And obviously, Kay brings a little bit to it when he's on. <laughs> With he, his, he brings a lot of words. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's just very it's such a a year's gone by 
and it's, like I said at the start, so dependable. You know this pod's coming, and when there's something that's dependable, then you'll see growth, because that's what happened with all the other AI pods, the ones that are weekly, the ones that are dependable. If you disappear, your audience will disappear. But if you stick around and you work hard and you go and you graph like you two have done, credit to you, it's going to grow and you're seeing it grow and you're, there's proof of it. You see it, you hear it. And, um, you know, we just need to pass that on into maybe the writing side. And that will come, takes time. Yeah, we, need to, come. We, we need yeah. to find other sources because Liverpool fans obviously don't want to read about comics at the moment. You know, they're happy to listen. But, but, but what I'm saying is that's the bit that's worked. The dependable, you know, you can depend on you two to produce this as often as you do. And at the right times. And when the movies, when there's hype for something you're there yeah you know we we do feel like that's the one thing we we do tend to get right we introduce the previews which i know you start doing you know joe's done on the movie on the star wars side of things um and we worked on those side of things and we worked on the review of the comic con which i thought was great that we did this year um and we do previews for the year ahead and yeah we we do genuinely think about what we put out it's not just yeah what's good this week or what's good next week Uh, behind the scenes you have some like someone like Nina who edits every pod. Oh so, yeah, no, um, we're so, always thankful. So a massive yeah. thanks to her for the hard work as well. But mainly to you two because um you guys have smashed it. Absolutely smashed this pod and deserve absolutely all the praise that you get once this one's out because um without you two this doesn't get to where it's got to. So fucking well done because I'll tell you what, not many people stick around for a year, mate. Uh, I'll be honest with you. And uh, I was doubtful Stu would do it for a year, but he fucking <laughs> stuck around. And um, you know what? Well done. I can't really say much more than uh, Cheers, this, is, this is fantastic. And uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, she, was, she wasn't spoken for like five minutes. What the hell's going uh, he's on? Crying. He's crying. He's <laughs> crying. This seems like a really opportune moment to say that Gags has actually recently confirmed that he is going to send us to Comic-Con next year. <laughs> Private plane. You're both going in my suitcases. Spending nice. money. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, One day, uh, yeah, boys. Just, that's the, uh, that's everything the dream. that Rory said. Big, big, huge thanks to everyone who supported us. It's been a, it's been a very good year, and I don't think we expected it to get past about three months. No. So let's yeah. see what we can do in the next twelve months, eh? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, go and check out the article relating to this pod. Um, give us some more feedback. You know, give us some more shout outs. We really do appreciate them. And then, yeah, come back when we're going to have an awards ceremony next to, to top off the end of the year with Marco Lopez, and we're really looking forward to that as well. Thanks, guys. Tune in again. I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.